Can you think, and especially any historians here, can you think of any figure in human history, done eons of time, can you think of any person who holds a candle to Jesus? In terms of the love, the compassion, the glorious things he did, but moved with compassion for people and so on. Uh, there's nobody. And I say this sotto voce really carefully because I want to be very respectful of other people's faith. But there's no other spiritual leader in history who comes anywhere near Jesus by a million miles, in fact. That's the truth. And it is time for us, the church, to be really proud of Jesus. And I know you are. I've heard it tonight. It's beautiful. And, but you know, I, just, I don't know when you last thought about this. But do you realize, too, that the first people who had the gospel preached to them after Jesus died, rose again, and ascended to heaven, the first people to receive that message were the people six weeks before who'd been yelling for his crucifixion. Now, I, please, Ollie, don't take this the wrong way, okay? But just imagine, God forbid, absolutely, absolutely, some not very nice people did away with your rector. <laughs> Would you want to feel like after six weeks going to preach the gospel to them? I'm just trying to dramatize this point. I mean, we've just... Forget it, Ollie. I never said it, all right? It, it wasn't recorded either, was it? But anyway, but you get the message. This is a, a, amazing grace. This is our God, people. And if we feel, you know, anyone here who doesn't know the Lord yet and you feel, well, I don't deserve any love from him or the rest of it, I've done this, I've done that, just listen to that. Who were the first people to have the gospel? The people who've been yelling for his execution on a dirty, filthy Roman cross one of the most extreme forms of torture to kill someone known to people at the time. Um, so <coughs> the message is simple. God loves people. Every single person that he's made. And he wants passionately for every single person that he's made. He knows with sorrow that not all will respond to him. And that's our choice. He doesn't override us and turn us into puppets. But his passionate desire is that we spend all eternity with him. And I can't imagine. Well, the Bible says, no, I have seen, no ear heard, no mind even imagined such good things uh, that God has prepared for those who love him, who put their trust in the Lord and Savior of this world. So, I personally, this is my own personal private opinion, but I think it's a bit, where the Welsh have a beautiful word for not so clever, I think it's pretty tup not to be a Christian, okay? But anyway, <clears throat> I want to read just one story, brief one. And sorry, I didn't even brief you guys at the back, but just listen to the story. It's from Mark chapter 1. I'm a bit ringy in my ears. I don't know if I'm standing too far in front of the speakers. Um, Mark chapter 1. And it's about a simple point. This is after the Lord been healing people and so on. And then in Mark chapter 1, verse 40, we read this. A man with leprosy came to Jesus and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant, not 
cross with the man, but he was indignant with even what this poor man, he's a leper. Now, there was, they sometimes called skin diseases, more common or garden skin diseases, but this was proper leprosy, and it is literally a living death where your body is just rotting away. And I, I read up the medical description of what happens, the progression that happens. I won't even go into the detail now. It is actually grotesque what happens to people. And, uh, but anyway, Jesus uh, was indignant, not at the man, but what had happened to this poor guy and the way his life was absolutely impoverished by this disease. And uh, he moved with compassion. There's another description of this same event in the Gospels. I am willing. Now, I would want to translate the Greek there even more strongly that, of course, of course I'm willing. Be clean. And immediately. Now, this is absolute miraculous power at work here. Immediately, the, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And, uh, and so on. Now, that's all I want to read there. Jesus, or God's answer to us in Christ Jesus, when we come with a sincere need to him, whatever it might be, is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I'm just quoting another part of, of the, the, the epistles. Um, God loves people. He wants to help. And I've been telling stories today about things I've seen, uh, because St. Mungo's have been so generous to the work of Just Earth, I've been telling stories about uh, what been, we've been seeing in Kenya, both because you guys have been such a blessing to the work out there and so many people out there, but also because we do see truly remarkable, amazing things. I've seen more blind eyes opened in Western Kenya. I'll tell you one quick story. I was complaining to the Lord before I'd ever seen a blind eye opened at my own hands, okay? I was complaining to him one morning when we'd arrived in Kenya, saying, Lord, some of our team have opened, you've used to open blind eyes, but how about me, Lord? I like, really would love to see this happen. Not because I want to be proud, but because I want to be useful. And anyway, uh, so I prayed that prayer. I went out, and during the course of the morning, quite an elderly man, and some African people can look quite old when they're not that old, but he was wrinkled, you know, and, and he had this long bony finger, and he walked straight up to me, and he jabbed me in the chest. He said, you prayed for me last year. Remember you? What did I do? Sort of thing. And then he did this. You see, you see this eye? It was blind. Now I see. And he turned around and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick encouragement. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and a lot more happens, by the way, when we minister in the Lord than we often realize. <clears throat> um, but anyway, I just I brought some film to in, just by way of introduction. In Wales, the Lord has led us in our networks, the new wine networks in Wales, led us to start things called healing cafes. Now, I think you have spirit cafes here. Okay, well, uh, we call them ours, healing cafes, and they're designed entirely for outsiders. In fact, the Christians are not allowed to come unless they're on ministry team uh, or they're bringing somebody who doesn't know the Lord who really needs Jesus' help. Okay, that's the rule. And uh, we have cafe tables, it's coffee, good muffins, tea, the rest of it. We print out testimonies for people who are shy to put them at their ease. By the way, we have secular music because we just want people to feel at home with what they're familiar with. And hey, these Christians seem quite normal people. They like what we like. And we put up like printed newspaper reports 
of like a thing of, of photographs of people with their testimony, if the people have given us permission, obviously, and, and stories. So they can, if they feel a bit shy and they get their coffee and their muffin, they can walk around and read these testimonies. Meantime, the Lord can bless them and, and around, wow, gosh, this is happening, etc. Anyway, in our first three healing cafes, that we held in Swansea at our, our lead church in the networks in the Cornerstone Church of Swansea. It's a pioneer church. Um, we saw 90 people healed in the first three. They were weekly events, and we t- seek to build momentum. I'll tell you another story in a moment. Could I just show these are some filters they've just captured on an iPad, noisy situation, so the quality is not great, okay? And I particularly love the first one because this guy was not a Christian. <clears throat> He'd brought someone else to the meeting. Have a look. Hi, my name is John. Um, we've come about an hour and 20 minutes from a place called Thurman near Krakow. Within the first few seconds after Julian talking, my neck is completely, uh, completely recovered. I, I, just to say how it's bad, I play two or three hours tennis a day with my eldest boy who's training to be a professional. And I've just come from playing a four and a half hour match in Clinetley and my shoulder was absolutely throbbing. And like I say, within about, it's, it's totally, totally gone. I've had it for three or four weeks, very, very bad. Uh, but just kind of accepted that, that I'm old and that's the way it is, and I say now it's fine. Um, but no, it's, 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 it's absolutely 100% weird. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> weird. Hi, I'm Phil, and uh, today uh, I've been healed. Um, basically, uh, I had a cruciate ligament injury three years ago playing football, um, and the result of that has been uh, cartilage damage that's here. That, gives me a clicking knee when I turn it, and a pain at the back of my thigh here. Uh, so what happened today, I've been uh, prayed for, uh, and nothing happened initially. Um, they kind of asked me on a scale of kind of one to ten what's happened, and I felt something, it was like two, um, and then they prayed again, and uh, just, I had a kind of, just a breakthrough, I don't know how I describe it, but uh, all the pain's gone, I can move now with uh, no problems whatsoever, and I'm clicking. My name's Steve. I came here tonight because there was healing going on. I thought I'd have a go at it. Uh, I've actually got a broken ankle. It's, I got 10 plates, 10 screws, 39 staples, all my ankle together. I lost my whole ankle bone outside my foot from an injury off a ladder two years ago. Couldn't hardly walk. Can't run, life-changing, and tonight I've, I've been healed, and I, I can actually walk properly. I've got no pain whatsoever, and hopefully I won't have any more for the rest of my life. So thank God for helping me. Hello, I'm Diane. Uh, I came here this evening and uh, not really knowing what to expect, but uh, when um, the conditions were called out, and uh, mine was for the upper arm and the shoulder here, and uh, I've had this condition for so many years. Uh, I've had physiotherapy, I've had acupuncture, uh, nothing has touched me. And now, uh, oh, I can move. It's this, that movement, I couldn't do it before. <laughs> I can actually do it, it's beautiful. No pain, wonderful. Now I can actually, do that, I couldn't do that without an awful lot of pain before. It's, it's there. 
can't get over it. We love seeing what Jesus does. He's beautiful, and, and two of those people were not Christians. Uh, I'll tell you one other story. We, we've been holding these healing cafes in different parts. But we, we take teams of people from churches where they've been trained and so on. We went to Pontypris. Now, if you don't know this, the center of the universe is Ponty. <laughs> Ponty, they call it. But anyway, <clears throat> um, I was due to speak that evening. And when I was arrived, it was a little bit late, and I wanted to get organized, and I had my things with me. But there in front of me, there was the, actually the vicar of the church. We were using a hall that was laid out very nicely, low lighting, candles, and the rest for coffee. And there in front of me, through a narrow passageway entrance, so he's blocking the way, was this guy who was on crutches, and he was going really, really, really slowly. And I'm thinking, please, I need to get in and get organized and the rest of it. That's my mindset at the, at the time. But anyway, this vicar apparently had picked him up because he, he had badly damaged his back. And he was due to have an operation in two weeks' time, I think. And the vicar knew him as a neighbor. He wasn't a church girl, Christian, and so on. And he invited him to come to this healing cafe. Well, anyway, suffice to say that when I, I preached a short thing on the kingdom of God, we always preached Jesus and the kingdom. And uh, the cross and Jesus risen from the dead, he he's, hasn't changed, he's here now when we, we gather together in his name. And then we pray for people and we usually give our words and knowledge. So and anyway, I, I ended up praying for this guy with about two or three others. The vicar of the church who brought him was busy praying for someone else. Well, this guy, praise God, got healed completely. I mean, his back, I mean, he barely could stand up. I said, do you want us to pray for you sitting down? And he said, no, I'll, I'll stand up. But I winced as he stood up because he was in, obviously in so much pain. Well, this guy was completely healed. He was jumping up and down. So I called the vicar. I won't name any names or the rest of it. He looked around. I just want to say gently, graciously, the words that came from his lips were not 100% sanctified. <laughs> He was so stunned at what he saw. At the end of that meeting, this guy was putting the chairs away. He was helping sort things out. He was one of the first people there the next week where we followed on uh, to give his testimony, and he gave his life to the Lord. And so it's beautiful. Why? Because why did Jesus heal? He wants to show people his love. And you know, for me, one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible is Romans chapter 2, verse 2, which Paul addresses to Christians, the Roman Christians. Do you not realize, Christians, church, that it is the kindness of God, not the finger-wagging, hectoring, lecturing of God, but the kindness of God that leads you to repentance? And the times I know I've messed up in my life, and yet the Lord has treat, treated me kindly. When I say, you know, I deserve discipline because I've messed up. And I mean messed up. If you want to check sometime whether Bruce ever messes up, I'll give you my home number. You can call my wife. She'll confirm it for you. <laughs> uh, they keep us, our feet firmly on the ground. But, but anyway... Um, I've lost my thread because I thought about my wife. Yes. Oh. Um, <clears throat> her name is Sean. She's a Welsh princess. She's beautiful. She also writes novels, by the way. Buy them. Anyway. <clears throat> um, 
where was that? What was that? Kindness. Oh, yeah, yeah. But look at Jesus' ministry. Everywhere he was going, he was showing people this lavish kindness of God. And you know, I don't know if you remember the story when later on in his ministry, uh, some people came to him and said, King Herod wants to kill you, wants to do away with you. Do you remember Jesus' answer? It's amazing, actually. You go tell that fox that I'm going to heal and cast out demons and heal today and tomorrow and only on the third day will I reach my goal. But I'm not going to stop. This is generic gospel ministry. And he describes it basically as, as doing these things, showing the reality of the love and kindness of God for people who really needed it. He never forced it on anybody who didn't want it, but nevertheless for all who wanted it. And another thing I want you to notice is never once did he ask anybody to jump through a hoop in order to qualify to receive healing? Never once. The, the silence on that subject is deafening. Are you getting the point here? He wanted people to meet his kindness first. Then he called people. I mean, his general message was, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe this good. We need to change our minds and turn to Christ. The only ultimate salvation, the only ultimate healing is when we come back into a right relationship with the one who is our God, who is Lord of our lives and has got every right to, to tell us how he wants us to, to live life. However, he'll give us his Holy Spirit to help us do it. And he has the best, most beautiful plan. I, I know what I'm talking about. I spent seven years running away from God and thinking I, Bruce Collins could have a better plan for his life. And he just paid out the rope. Uh, never denied him, but I was not living as a Christian and so on. And he just paid out the rope. He gets some sharp tugs now and again. Uh, but by his grace, he brought me back. But I was just getting emptier and emptier when I thought I knew my plan for my life. And it's only when we get involved in God's story that he's written, he's prepared good works in advance. We're God's workmanship when we're in Christ. He's got good works that are prepared in advance for us to walk in. For his glory, but it also grows us. And you know, I would never trade now the life that the Lord's given me since I genuinely turned around and said, Lord, okay, you win, Lord. Um, I'm sorry, please change me. Uh, I would never trade that. It's not always been easy. He's had to challenge me. The rest, I will tell you truthfully, you won't, may not believe this, but when I was training for ordination a bit later, I was so terrified of standing up in front of a group of maybe 15 people. I once had to speak at a, at a, um, a wedding of a friend of mine, his best man. I'd been memorizing the names of the bridesmaids for two weeks because I knew I had to propose a toast to the bridesmaids. I was so panic-stricken that I forgot that I still couldn't get their names back, even though I'd been memorizing them every day for two weeks. Just two names, that's all. And the worst thing is that the bride's mother, who was terrifying, <laughs> I mean, frightening, okay? Um, but anyway, uh, I think she could have made Adolf Hitler quake, frankly. But anyway, she had to call out these bridesmaids' names. I just wanted the earth to open up and swallow me whole, disappear forever. That was me. And the Lord's had to do an awful lot in me to, to set me free from those fears so that I can stand in front of people and even uh, enjoy people uh, speaking to people. Um, so 
please, I'm saying this because he has a plan for all of our lives, and please do not underestimate what God can do. And by the way, I just want to ask you guys, do you believe that God wants to do bigger things in these times? You do? You pray for that? Well, who's he going to do it with? If his people are not open to him doing bigger things through them. And I'm looking at a bunch of thems right now. Do you see this? Don't limit your expectations of what God can do with you. Is that okay? Now then, I must uh, go on. But um, uh, yeah, no, I've said enough on that. I've said enough on that too, <laughs> really. I, I think I'm nearly there because we, we need to minister. But uh, I make this point again. He never made anybody jump through a hoop. But here's another thing too. <clears throat> Some people think, oh, I don't deserve healing because I know all these things that are wrong in my life. Well, sorry, that's nonsense. There may be things wrong in your life and you may have done like me and the rest of us. I, I'm a sinner who needs to be saved every day of my life. So are you, ultimately. If we don't walk in the Holy Spirit, we won't live up to Jesus' standards uh, and expectations. Um, but, uh, and you know, we looked at that story of one leper coming and saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can. But do you remember, there is another story where 10 lepers came to Jesus and uh, uh, asked for healing. Now, I'm going to be, give you the Bruce Collins ridiculous version of that story, okay, just to dramatize the point. The Lord said, hang on a minute, I only do what I see the Father doing, so I'm going to go behind this mulberry bush and I'm going to ask the Father about each one of you. Prays for a minute because he's very quick in his interaction with the Father. He comes back again, said, right, now let me see you, 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 and you. You're a lucky day. You, you, and you, I know, uh, the Father hasn't shown me what you're doing wrong, but you need to go and repent for a month, and if I'm coming back through here, try me later. And you, I'm sorry, I just hear nothing, so too bad. Does God have a different will for different people? And please, these lepers were shunned from society. They couldn't attend synagogue. They had to go around calling out, unclean, some of the times ringing a bell, unclean, unclean, in case anybody came near them or touched them. They, they were not in good spiritual shape. We know that because all ten got healed, but only one, a Samaritan, came back to actually fall at Jesus' feet and thank him. So they were not in great spiritual shape. Jesus does not draw distinctions between people. If we ask sincerely, his answer is yes. Why? Because he's beautiful. Simple, simple answer, okay? And that's exactly in line with Jesus' teaching. Ask and you will receive. For everyone who asks, receives. If you being evil love to, love to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts? To who? Just simply those who ask him. So if there's anyone here tonight who really needs healing, then I urge you, come and ask. Jesus is here. He loves you personally. Nothing is disqualifying you because he's dealt with all of that on the cross. And he's risen from the dead. And the Bible teaches about the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the way he responded, as we read in the Gospels 2,000 years ago, to people coming sincerely asking for help. And I'm not talking about Pharisees who wanted to put him to the test. Herod wanted him to do a miracle when he was arrested. None of that. <coughs> Uh, he didn't respond to that. But for any sincere person, his answer was always, 
Yes. You know, you could ask the question, is God the Father a good pastor? Was he sitting in heaven thinking, oh no, I forgot to show through my son that I actually do have a different will for different people. I missed it. No way. No way. What we are unambiguously shown by the Lord Jesus Christ uh, is, is God's answer to us, to any sincere person, is yes and amen. And he wants to give us his kindness first in order to change our hearts. Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's enough. Yeah. I want to pray first for all of us. <coughs> Father, again, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the hunger for you that's here in this room, the celebration of who you are, Lord, in your love, beauty, and glory. And I want to pray for this lovely church again, Lord, that you raise up St. Mungo's and its ministry as, as a shining light city set on a hill, Lord, that others from far away will be able to see. I pray, Lord, that they're going to see more and more people drawn directly from the community to come into the community of faith here, coming to know Jesus. But Father, I want to pray too that many churches, many leaders will be drawn here as well through because of what you are doing here amongst your people, Lord. And also, I pray that <clears throat> over time you will raise up more and more teams to go and give it away, freely give to others what you've already freely given to them. So please bless this lovely church, Lord, and its leadership, all its staff, uh, all its people. Bless your people, dear Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, it's your joy to do so and to answer this prayer. So thank you, Lord. Amen.